Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Mr. Leader, um, I've got to ask politics because we're in a presidential year, obviously in a, a very kind of historic moment. Speaker Pelosi passed the baton to you and you had been rising the ranks, a star in the party, because you believed there was time for a next generation of leadership, uh, which I think we all applauded here. There are some, about a third of Americans, worried that the president doesn't have the vitality to serve out another four years. Do you think that it's time to pass the baton to a new generation of leadership, or do you think Joe Biden is the strongest candidate to defeat Donald Trump? Well, Joe Biden is definitely the strongest candidate to defeat Donald Trump. Uh, Let me say first about um, Nancy D'Alessandro Pelosi. I don't need to hear about Nancy D'Alessandro Pelosi. I've got plenty to share about her. Some audio you're going to need to hear. But if Joe Biden is the strongest candidate to defeat Donald Trump, is that true of a guy who can't walk upstairs? Now, you say to me, Tony, if the guy trips up the stairs going to Air Force One, it shouldn't actually be newsworthy. He did it twice on the same set of stairs. Okay, fine. He's 81 years old. He's going to trip over some stairs. Your father would, too. Oh, my father couldn't even walk up the stairs at this stage of the game. He's 86. That's not the argument. The fundamental argument is you don't get to say he's the strongest candidate when he is not strong. Neither physically strong nor mentally strong. Not strong in the economy, not strong on the border, not strong on foreign policy. There is no strength in Joe Biden except, of course, the strength to hang on to power by any means necessary. And then, of course, tell Americans they have to pay for other people's student loan debt. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, kitten? 833, got Tony. 833-468. 8669 Tony. Uh, that is uh, how you get to be a part of the show. Normally, no part of me is going to have a conversation about Joe Biden tripping up some stairs. It doesn't doesn't move me in 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 any way. But I will absolutely bring it up as part of a reality conversation about how things are perceived. We understand that politics is is perception. We are fully aware of the fact that politics are perception and expectations. You want to exceed expectations by making them low. You want to lower expectations if things don't go your way. This is standard operating procedure, kids. This is true of Democrats, this is true of Republicans. This is just true. The expectation is the president of the United States can walk up a flight of stairs. That's the expectation. And on the most basic, base, simple thing, Joe Biden can't do it. Now, maybe it wouldn't matter as much if Joe Biden had himself an economic plan. Joe Biden doesn't have an economic plan. Oh, I see that there are economists out there who will tell you that, oh, we're going to get those rate cuts this year. Based on what? The Dow is down. The Nasdaq is down. It's the uh, second day in a row that they're down. The inflation is still double the rate that the Federal Reserve is looking for. 
Europe is in recession. Japan is in recession. The UK could talk a big game about cutting rates, but they haven't done it yet. Why would I think rates are coming down? Everything is more expensive and it's all Joe Biden's fault. Now, one could argue, all right, maybe this isn't Joe Biden's fault. Maybe that isn't Joe Biden's fault. But Joe Biden wants to tell you how he saved you 16 cents at a barbecue. That's the bragging point. For the disconnect, he gets blamed. As we have discussed, and I'm going to get more into it a little bit later, there is no bigger story in America than the southern border. You have 7.2 million migrants who have come across the border since Joe Biden was inaugurated. 7.2 million, kitten. Um, for those of you playing the home game, that, that's a lot of people. That is a, uh, an insane amount of people. It is greater than the population of 36 states, as reported uh, by Chris Pandolfo over at Fox News. 7.2 million people. Yet they tell you the border is safe. 20,000 Chinese migrants, grown, able-bodied men, have come across the border. And this administration has the audacity to tell you that the border is fine and it's those Republicans that are holding everything up. Now, I don't argue that Republicans maybe haven't done enough. But Joe Biden's in charge. And instead of being a guy who is in charge, Joe Biden plays past the buck. Once again, showing weakness. Russia invades Ukraine, Hamas attacks Israel, the Houthi rebels are deciding whether or not shipments can go through the Red Sea or the Gulf of Aden or the Gulf of Amman. Weakness, weakness, weakness. And that guy can't walk up a flight of stairs. Do you see how that goes? Let's argue the expectations game. Can you answer the following question, my friends on the political left? To what has Joe Biden overcome in the expectations game? Well, Tony, I'm so glad you asked. He has passed unprecedented legislation. You mean the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation? That actually added to it? You mean this infrastructure legislation that has all these projects uh, being built to the cost of billions, if not trillions, that is keeping inflation high? You know, contrary to uh, the popular belief, the nation is not falling apart. Are there some bridges that need to be repaired? Absolutely. Some roads that need to be redone? You bet. We have more cars on the road. By the way, cars are good. Cars are mobility. Cars have, have, have value. Roads are for cars. But we have more of them. Because more people have been able to have access to them because costs have come down on them in so many ways because in many ways they last longer. More people have, have been able to engage in mobility and this is wonderful for the nation. A bridge might need to be repaired a little more often or replaced. And if we were going to go back to Eisenhower and the whole development of, of highway systems, 
Oh my God, it's been, what, 70 years? You might have to replace the concrete. So we should accept as as a nation that there might be things that we have to redo when it comes to infrastructure. You might have to rebuild. Certainly that rebuilding would be a lot easier if you didn't have environmental insanity over here or ridiculous uh, regulation and legislation over there preventing you from doing this with ease. You couldn't build the Hoover Dam today. You couldn't do it. There would be a fish, not even like in California. Remember, they they decided that the farmers couldn't have water because of the Delta smelt. And you're like, what is a Delta smelt? Uh, is, is, is that like Delta eight? No, no, no. Delta eight is completely different. Delta smelt. It's a fish. It's about the size of your thumb. And because of that. The breadbasket of California, which so much of a breadbasket of the country, had to import carrots from China. That's a true story. You can't, you, you, you have from these animals, the, 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 these people who believe that they're doing great and they're saving the environment, you can't feed the people. <laughs> That's hard to worry about the environment when you can't feed your kid. So in the expectations game, if you want to argue that these are legislative triumphs, in the result, there is no triumph. There is only problem. People still spend more for eggs and milk. You have a southern border that is still porous. You still have roadways that don't work. You haven't brought down inflation. It has only gone up and it is staying in that place. So no, there is nothing for Joe Biden to hang his hat on. And what happens next? The guy can't even walk up a flight of stairs. It is not wrong to notice. It's not wrong to say so. It's not wrong to say the guy can't walk up a flight of stairs. It goes to a greater conversation regarding his level of capability, to which he has none. He brings no strength to his words. His words don't connect to the other words, meaning when he makes a statement, sometimes you wonder, what in the world did the guy just say? Sure. It's fine to discuss him not being able to walk up the stairs. It is fine. But it shouldn't be the thing that you go to. Aha, see? No, it should be the the, the other way. I'd be okay if the man couldn't walk up the stairs. He's 81. But look at all the other things that he's in charge of and he can't do. He can't do. It's not wrong to notice. It's wrong to see it and say, I'm going to pretend like it's not happening because I put my party over the country. I put my politics over reality. And that's what Hakeem Jeffries is doing. That is what the Democratic Party is doing. And that's the problem. I'm Tony Katz. You got to be impressed with what Chaya Rachik has built. She is libs of TikTok. And all she did was 
take a look at what progressives are saying on TikTok and uh, other places and post them. Here's what this teacher said. Here's what this person said. Here's what this one is saying. This is a teacher. Like, like just here's who they are. Here's what they said. No editing. Next thing you know, libs of TikTok and, and Chaya Rachik are, are public enemy number one. The worst people, the worst person who ever lived. Because she's exposing insanity. Well, uh, she, she posted this. Uh, as she describes it, it was an FAFO. Now, now, I'm not allowed to say the first part. Blank around and find out. I think you might know what that means. If you, if you act the fool, there might be a repercussion. If you blank around, then you might find out what happens if you blank around. I think I said that well. She, she uh, this, this is the story. Someone posts on, on Reddit. Hi, the post says as it says. What I mean by that is a very, very popular alt-right creator posted my face on her Twitter after sending a message concerning the recent death of a trans student. Now, a couple of things. Um, Chaya Rachik and, and Libs of TikTok. It, I don't know if I call her a content creator. She's a reposter. I mean, I guess she does do some interviews now and some other things. So, okay, content creator. But why is she alt-right? You disagree with her, so she's alt-right? I have not seen anything that would make me put her in that category. Saying, look, here's somebody who believes that children should be allowed to mutilate themselves and parents should be told, and they're a teacher who tries to hide things from parents. It doesn't make somebody alt-right. It makes them just right. That's all. So, uh... This, this this person continues on Reddit that uh, this person, meaning lives of TikTok, generally believes it was a hoax, so I sent a DM I thought would never be seen. I had uh, 20 followers. She has over 500,000. All the direct message said, this is what this person sent to Chaya Rachik, who runs the lives of TikTok account. All the DM said was, quote, I hope you die alone and miserable at an old age. Toxic opinions are going to lose all the people in your life. This was the commentary. And this person continues, I know that's not illegal to say, but is it illegal to then post my face and ask your followers for information about me? Now, I don't know about the asking for information part. Is asking for information, hey, does anybody know who this is? This person who said, I hope you die alone, which I guess, depending on who you are, could be taken as some level of threat. I don't know if I would, but I don't get to decide for other people. But does someone really think on social media anything is private? Well, I sent it as a direct message. You sent, I hope you die, and you're stunned that somebody might say, hey, this person said I, they hope I die. Who is this person? Do I have to be concerned about them? Worried about them? They're always amazed that you might not think that they are acting in a way that's acceptable. I'm not a believer in silencing people. 
on, on online. And today, my my social media, if you follow uh, Tony Katz on X, is, is just is just surreal. Uh, I I don't I, in the in the city of Indianapolis. I don't think you should take car, lanes for cars and dedicate them to just buses. I think it's a big mistake. Never mind that these dedicated bus lanes and these the the, the way they've tried to set up here doesn't work. N- n- neither here nor there. And and all of it is just this not paying attention to what I say, just a nonstop screaming fest of madness. I can block people, I can delete people, and 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 or you know. Uh, uh, or mute them. I don't have to put up with anything, but they should be able to be as ridiculous as they want to be right until they get to the I hope you die part. And if someone were to send to me, I hope you die, yeah, I'm going to share it. Because this isn't a way to engage. Disagreeing with me is one thing. You think I'm a fool? Fantastic. You have no idea what I think about these people. Death threats are different. And this person is apoplectic that lives of TikTok would actually take their I hope you die post and share it. And share it. People are very funny. They, they, they believe wholeheartedly that when they have a, a, a commentary, when they have something to say, it's important. But you, you shouldn't be able to say anything that they disapprove of. Nah. You say anything you want, Gus. You say anything you want. You just have to accept the fact that there might be consequences to the things that you say. I think that's a good standard to have. Say anything you want, except the fact that there might be something that comes back at you. I don't think that's true for just the guy who does radio. I think that's true for social media. I think that's true for when your kids are in school. I think that's true for how you act with your neighbors. I think that's true. That's just a truism. Who doesn't teach these things? Who does not share these things? Madness. Absolute madness. I, I will get into the border. I will get into some of the numbers. There's some polling out of New York that is totally not surprising and totally unbelievable. It should not be believed. And then there's CNN that wants you to know that Kamala Harris is taking charge. I'm not joking. This is my job. See? It's very, very serious stuff. Very serious indeed. Kamala Harris. She's uh, exerting her strength. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.
The border is the biggest story in America. Nothing comes close. Absolutely nothing. And it is important for us to constantly remember this and share the latest uh, about what's going on. In New York, they're dealing with the fact that illegal immigrants and others have been sent there from Texas because these people aren't coming to Texas. They're coming to the United States. Tony Katz, that's me, by the way. Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Feel free, call in, happy to talk to you. Um, the story was, was that in New York, Eric Adams, the mayor, was going to start some nonsense program that would give all those people here illegally uh, bust there from Texas. I remember when, when the busing started happening, I was like, good, let everybody feel what it is Texas is feeling. My God, Tony, that is disgusting. These are human beings, not pawns. Why would you approve of something like they did to the Jews in Nazi Germany? Whoa up. First things first, the Jews didn't cross a border. Just just for the sake of clarity. Secondly, these buses have air conditioning. I'm pretty sure the trains the Jews were on did not. The Just two really important differences thought should be shared. These people aren't coming to Texas. They're coming to America. Of course, everybody should feel it. And eventually everybody will. So they come to New York and New York can't handle this. New York can't handle that. And they're trying to figure out how to do this, trying to figure out how to do that. And they're putting together programs. The next thing you know, these people are getting money. They're getting money. And not just some money. They're getting a fair amount of money. These, these programs for $10,000 credit cards and, 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 and hotel stays, meals, This was the story over the last couple days, and people went crazy. It was a $53 million debit card plan that could give migrants, uh, a family with two children, up to $15,200 a year. But as some people noted, this wasn't something that was well buttoned up, and it would be a specific amount of money for a specific family. This thing could be manipulated every sort of way. And it would be a multi-billion of not to the trillion dollar boondoggle if it was allowed to keep going. $53 million. When this program first got announced, this was where I think it was 50 Cent who stated that, hey, maybe, maybe there's a reason people vote for Trump. Maybe, just maybe, there's a reason people go in this direction. Well, Eric Adams has heard enough. He's heard enough. And now he's going to cut a billion dollars from what has become a $12 billion migrant aid budget. A billion out of 12 billion. Meanwhile, I know in New York, there are still homeless veterans. 
Do I have an issue uh, helping people who are in the country? No, I actually don't. I simply rank the things and rate the things. Homeless veterans come first. Every veteran that can get a home should have one. We start there. Now, what do you mean by every veteran who can? We, you got to discuss mental illness. You got to discuss drug issues. Some people are not, not prepared to have a home. They're never going to be able to handle having a home. They just simply cannot think like that. They just can't do it. You have to accept that. You can't help somebody who doesn't want help. But for a lot of veterans, a home would be very, very nice. Veterans come first. This story of the money, because this money comes from taxpayers. Taxpayers are footing the bill, and you have all of these illegal immigrants and others who have no respect for the country they're now in. They're fighting with cops. They're attacking cops. They're demanding this. They act like somehow we should be thankful they're here or we should be scared of them or worried about them. I don't want a society where you take a look at immigrants and you look down on them. America did this with the Irish. America did this with Italians. America did this with Jews. Talking about the immigration conversation versus how we would discuss black people in America, which would be uh, partially an immigration conversation, partially a slavery conversation. Therefore, it'd be, it would be a different conversation. The Irish, the Italian, were trying to make their way in, in, in America. And while certainly there was friction, and yes, uh, they, they were attacked, they were also aware that being in America was better and wanted to be in America, wanted to make their way. The people we have today all seem that they're owed something by America. And in far too many cases, they think they should be allowed to be violent and that's acceptable. To which I believe we should respond with force. So every single person understands, not so much. You don't get to attack cops. You attack cops, we don't waste time. We throw you out of the country. We return you to another country. We don't even know if it's the country you came from. We don't care. There you go. You figure it out. Let's see if you'll treat them the way you treated Americans. When you watch the video of those cops, Randall Island in New York, and they're getting pushed and they're getting punched, and you see that the, the, these cops don't seem to have an ability to understand how to deal with it. It's, it's very... It's, it's awkward, it's problematic. Never mind the, the lack of training that I believe these police officers uh, received. And we spoke to Rob O'Donnell, former NYPD detective. He's in the, in the same exact uh, category in the, believing that where's the training that, that these officers are supposed to get? They don't know what they're doing. The people involved in that fight should immediately be dropped off in whatever country they came from. Best of luck to you. Not even a question. As a matter of fact, that should be part of the legislation. If you're an immigrant to the United States, legal or, well, if you're illegal, you have to go. If you're a legal immigrant to the United States, you haven't been through the process yet. You haven't had your hearing yet, but somehow because of the backlog, you're in the U.S. If you start a fight with the cop, you're gone. Now, if you say to me, that's not okay, I'll say to you, you're not serious about about dealing with, with, with the issue. The issue, 
that we have without question an invasion going on. Not every person coming across the border you would consider part of an invading force. You wouldn't even consider them bad people. But if you're fighting with a cop, if you're attacking cops, yes, you are. You're a bad person. You got to go. And we have 7.2 million people that have entered the country. 7.2 million. This number is staggering. And I still have people who will tell me it's no big deal. Well, of course it's a big deal. Well, Tony, the truth is they want the people so they can turn them into voters. There are still those who reject this concept. Um, if you're rejecting that there are those in the progressive party who want to bring all the people they can to the country and then give them the right to vote, and then they're going to offer them free this, free that, free the other, and turn them into voters. If you don't understand that that is a desire on the part of some, well, you're unserious. You're unserious and you're part of the problem. You're willful in your ignorance and you should be denounced. It's just reality. Reality is, if you have 7.2 million people who have entered the country and you don't consider that an invasion, I don't know what you call it. Because not all these 7.2 million want to get a job. Many of these 7.2 million think that you should give them something, that somehow they deserve something for their existence. No, they don't. 20,000. 20,000 Chinese migrants. We're talking about able-bodied men here. That's what we're talking about. Have come across the border. This, of course, being what we know about. This makes sense to you? Is this rational to you? In no part should it be rational. Of course this is dangerous. Who's connected to the Chinese Communist Party? How else can this be seen except as an invasion? The total amount of single able-bodied men from China who should be allowed in the United States is zero. And if we had any kind of seriousness at all, we wouldn't allow Chinese nationals to own property or business in the United States. You say to me, but Tony, with the Constitution, the Constitution is for Americans, not for commies from China. Does that upset someone? Because if it upsets you, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let's discuss all the ways in which you are wrong. I'm talking about protecting a nation. You think that protecting the communist Chinese is the thing to do. Now, you don't want to say communist Chinese. What do you want to say? Communist Russians? Name the nation. Communist Venezuelans? I'm not protecting anybody that starts with communist. If you're from another country, you don't get to own land in the United States. From a communist country. You don't get to own land in the United States. That's the way it is. Then ask if anybody liked it. What does that matter? Well, it's not nice. I'm not here to be nice. I'm here to be safe. American citizens have the right to be safe. The conversation I'm having is so rational that I'm surprised more people don't use it. 
How do you not get elected speaking in a rational tone of voice? You're an American. You're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Hispanic, you're Christian, you're Jewish, you're Muslim, you're gay, you're straight, you're this, you're that. In every one of those categories, whatever descriptor you put upon yourself, you're a citizen. You matter. Chinese nationals don't. The end. Do I think that you should be rude or nasty to your neighbor who's Chinese? My God, of course not. That's insane. Do I think we should be letting in Chinese nationals through the southern border? No, I do not. We also should not be letting in anybody through the northern border. The border is the biggest story in America. The northern border, you know, there, there's there's sectors to the north and, 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 to, and to the south, right? You've got um, a series of them. Whether you're talking about a Big Bend sector in Texas or the Blaine sector in Washington, southern, northern sectors, and then in those sectors, you have stations. Well, one of those sectors is called the Swanton sector, S-W-A-N-T-O-N. This is Vermont, New Hampshire, and New York. The Verm- this area, the Swanton sector, which is, you know, areas in Vermont that are home to 6,500, they're seeing smugglers left and right. They're seeing people pour over the border. In the Swanton sector, or I should say in the, in the, in the whole northern border, more than 12,000 people illegally crossed into the U.S. It's a 240% increase from 2022. The border is the biggest story in America. People coming across that border, some actually you'll find are of some level of Hispanic descent. And you're like, that's just odd and peculiar. But they went to Canada and then they came through. And some are Chinese nationals. So we do have this level of both borders failing us because we have policy that doesn't work and we have people implementing policy who refuse to implement. You have 7.2 million people who have entered the country and I've got the political left saying it's not an invasion. I have 20,000 Chinese nationals who have entered the country and the political left saying it's not an invasion. There's plenty I can put on the political right for not doing enough to engage border policy. But you tell me it's not an invasion. I'm giving you the numbers. I've got 12,000 coming from the north, 20,000 Chinese migrants, 7.2 million overall in three years. If you say it's not an invasion, it's because you think your politics are more important than reality. You are right to discuss this You are right to be angered by it. You are right to demand more from it. If I could just get two things, the building of the wall, which is really a fence, and all the places it's supposed to be built, because it's not going to go from sea to shining sea. That's not how it works. And the technology in the places where there will not be a wall to let Border Patrol agents know who's crossing. 
If we could just start there, we'd be better off. And then, of course, the rational, which is you do not allow Chinese nationals to come into the country. Three things that we could pass today. Three things that we could do today. Not a hundred things, not all the things. Three things that would make lives better. If we don't make a move, people like Eric Adams are going to take every tax dollar you have ever paid. They're going to give it to people who have never paid. You will never get a benefit and you will be asked to pay more. Maybe we could do something about it now. I'm Tony Katz. See what happens when I go long, people. I was on a roll. I was on a roll. Meanwhile, the calls for the ceasefire. Oh, wait till you hear Speaker Pelosi. Wait till you hear it. American Airlines wants you to know that flying is even worse than you thought it was. And Kamala Harris is taking charge or something. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.